At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets back in action on the hardwood. They are hosting the Los Angeles Clippers, the annual trip over for LAC. Injury questions abound for both teams as we get set for this one and we will give you the the latest that we know as of the recording of this podcast and I'll give you a game preview for tonight's action. Injuries have clearly been an issue for the Hornets all season long, providing opportunities for the team to go pretty deep into the roster and give a lot of young guys some opportunities. We're going to pick our ultimate silver linings player for the first quarter of the season. Silver lining being with all the injuries the Hornets have had to overcome, they've gotten some young guys some runs. So who has impressed us the most and given us the most optimism for the future moving forward. Last but not least, we do have to talk about the impact of health on the Hornets. Charlotte, of course, buried in the standings at the moment with a 7-16 and record, but still relatively in the mix within five games of a top 10 or postseason position of some kind. Uh, for most squads with the level of injuries the Hornets have dealt with, they'd be nowhere near that. But what has truly been the impact on the Hornets with all of these injuries? We'll talk about all these topics with my guest today, my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo with us once again. Rob, good to have you with us. A game day edition Hornets. I'm feeling optimistic right now. Uh, I find a way that I wouldn't say trick myself, but to, to get into this frame of mind for every game, much like the players need to, no matter how many guys are out or, or what the news has been, you have to find a way to find a avenue to a victory. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about the Hornets chances here against the Clippers tonight. How about you? You're always a glass half full kind of guy. I just call myself that 
I don't I don't even know what the proper term for a realist is in that Pittsburgh analogy. No, that's that's a little different. But certainly there's opportunities here abound. I think that the Friday game against Washington was a good example for a reason to have optimism. And then even though the loss on Saturday was a little disappointing, you take a look at this Clippers team, and of course we'll get to our preview here a little bit later on. But they're a little bit banged up, and maybe the Hornets get some good news on the health front, injury wise. And of course we don't know anything at the time of this recording of the podcast, but. That's another reason to always be optimistic is with sprained ankles, they can be funny things. And one day you can wake up feeling bad. And on the other side of the spectrum, you can wake up feeling pretty good. So we'll see what kind of side of the bed that some of these players that are teetering on the point of return wake up on this morning. And maybe we get some good news closer to tip off tonight. As of the recording of this podcast, nothing definitive on LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, Cody Martin, or Dennis Smith Jr. Does not seem like it's even plausible for Cody Martin to return, but with the the general timelines on all all the others day-to-day, week-to-week, nothing impossible as of this recording. So we will uh, leave you in suspense. Of course, tune into the pregame show and keep an eye on Hornet social media for all the latest. Similarly, for the L.A. Clippers, they had two superstars listed as questionable. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George neither played in their most recent game. A blowout loss against the Sacramento Kings, 123-96, to was the final on the Clippers' home floor, no less. We do not have any official word on either of them, but the fact that they were questionable seems somewhat likely that they could at least return but again as of the recording of this podcast nothing definitive to share with you just yet the impact of health on the hornets it has been a common refrain we got to keep harping on it charlotte has three top-notch players who have been consistently over the last year or so 20 point per game or in that vicinity scores they are lamello ball gordon hayward and terry rogier so far this season preseason included i might add All three have played in exactly zero games simultaneously. In the regular season, two of the three have been on the floor for eight of the 23 games thus far. That means two or more have missed in 15 of the team's contest. It's a huge part of the reason why Charlotte is 7-16 and at this stage of the season. Head coach Steve Clifford, after the loss the other day to the Milwaukee Bucks talked about the impact health has had on his roster. I just think it's part of the league. I mean, first of all, like going into today, I could be wrong in this. I think we're like uh, like three and a half out of tenth. You know, you can't fool players in this league. They know, you know, if you talk to them, they know we need those guys back. You know, they know that right now we have very little room for error. They also know that when we played well, we've won or given ourselves a chance to win. The East, again, from what I've seen, Boston's terrific. These guys are terrific. Uh, There's some other teams that are really good. This isn't like last year where there's, you know, four or five teams in the East that just aren't very good at all, right? So last year, there were a lot of teams in the East you were going to beat up on. That's not the case this year. So I would say... There's a good chance you get into 10th or 9th under 500. I don't want to say that talent doesn't have anything to do with defense. It clearly does. But generally speaking, if you're executing well in your game plan, if you're putting in the right kind of effort, you can have stronger defensive performances without some of your stars. Offense is really where you feel those absences. And as you look at the stats for this team over the course of the season, they have been at or near the bottom in offensive rating, effective field goal percentage all season long, and they've been without their superstars 
all season long. And you, you just got to believe when they get their players back, those numbers should jump up and the team should be able to, to recover. But right now they're feeling the absence of those three stars at different times and a couple of times simultaneously. You mentioned the magic word there, the E word, the effort word. Effort is certainly key when it comes to defense because that's what it's all based about. I mean, I think you can go back to that Friday win against Washington where the Hornets, yeah, they had a big advantage, and then the offense sputtered in the fourth quarter, and then it was the defense bailing them out in the waning moments, and that's what ended up happening. Really good defense there the final two minutes. I know neither team scored in those final two and a half minutes or so, but that's one thing when it's the offensive end and you're missing all that talent, but it's another thing when Washington has a high-powered offense and Christoph Przingis, Bradley Beal, guys that can shoot the ball extremely well, and you hold them scoreless during crunch time. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's a really good example of what defense can do for you what effort can do for you certainly it hurts on the offensive end and again the Hornets had one of their best offensive efforts on Friday but that was in the first half second half was a little bit of a different story even though you have all these injuries piling up if you play defense if you put forth that effort if you clean the glass and win the rebounding battle you get those paint touches you're going to give yourself a chance every night and I think that's something that we've seen even though the results aren't turning yet for the Hornets in those losses, a lot of times they're single digit losses. They're in every ball game at the end. They're giving themselves a chance. Saturday was a good example of that. They did not shoot the three very well at all. They shot terrible. Terrible. I mean, I was trying to be nice about it, but they just did not shoot well from beyond the arc, and yet they were still in there at the end in a single digit deficit. So, again, the effort comes forward. I know it's difficult to do that night in and night out, but at the end of the day, that's where your confidence is going to have to start on the defensive end. Hornets are 4-11 and this year with two or more of their big three players out. No one's dealt with the level of injuries the Hornets have, but there are some comparisons you can make. Miami has had to play three games without Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler on the floor. They've lost them all. They're uh, right around a 500 team right now, but when they don't have those top two guys, they haven't won, period. End of sentence to this point in the season. You look at the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that's struggling, and and there's more alarm bells going off on that side of the building in L.A. because for the most part, they've had relative health. They haven't had a single game yet this season where both LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't play at the same time. Each has missed a game or two here and there. LeBron a little bit more than AD, but still, both of them being out, that hasn't happened. Tonight's opponent, the LA Clippers, clearly, they're they're built around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Both those guys have missed a total of six games. Wouldn't it be nice to only have six games without two superstars for the Hornets' perspective, but in those six for the Clippers, including their last one against Sacramento, their overall record is 2-4. and four. So they're also struggling and trying to find ways to navigate when they don't have their stars. One more point on this, you know, the impact on the offense. Charlotte so far this season has the number 13 scoring offense in the Eastern Conference. This is just plain points, not offensive rating. This is how many points do you score? Hornets are averaging 100 nine points per game. It's a small sample size, but when LaMelo has played, even though they haven't been wins necessarily, Charlotte's averaging 113 points per game. Gordon Hayward's played roughly half the season. When Gordon Hayward's on the floor, Hornets are averaging 112 points per game. And you might think, that's three points. That's one shot. That's four points. That's two shots. That's not really that much. Here's the difference between averaging 113 points per game, or thereabouts, and 109. 109 is the 13th best offense in the East. 113 is the 5th best offense in the East. It is a huge, huge jump. So, small 
small differences in terms of shooting percentage, in terms of scoring output, have a huge impact on where you end up in the standings. Hopefully, the Hornets, with some good news on the health front, can start their climb relatively soon. Hornets, getting ready for a matchup with the L.A. Clippers tonight. One silver lining to having so many injuries. Get a lot of young guys out there on the floor, and some young guys are better equipped and better prepared to help the Hornets based off the fact that they've gotten more run, more minutes here in this first quarter of the season. We'll pick some ultimate silver linings selections when we return here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC Hornets 7 and 16. They will take on the 13 and 11 Los Angeles Clippers, trying to snap a long slide in terms of the head to head matchup against their somewhat rivals from the West. Before we get into that, I want to talk about you know one of the ultimate silver linings here for the Hornets this season, and that is some extended run from some young players who maybe otherwise would not have been able to get on the floor were it not for the overwhelming amount of injuries. We were not rooting for this set of circumstances, but we're always rooting for all of these players as individuals, and it's nice to see some guys get some time out there. They're on the floor, and there's a bunch of examples of players who maybe otherwise would not have been playing the volume of minutes or the quality of minutes were it not for all these injuries. Teo Maladon comes to mind. Bryce McGowan's in recent days comes to mind. Kai Jones certainly would be near the top of that list. I'll leave it to you first, Rob Longo. Who's your ultimate silver linings player in that they've gotten a lot more minutes and opportunity and have impressed you with what they've done with them. We were a little vague on this, so what's the criteria? Does it have to be like a, a guy on a rookie contract? Can it be anybody? Anybody. Because, I mean, when you take a look at it, I mean, Teo Maladon's kind of come out of left field when you think about it. The guy was on a two-way deal. He came in, signed late. I don't even think he played a preseason game. And all of a sudden, he's playing meaningful minutes. He played 19 minutes the other night on Saturday. He only scored five points, but he's your backup point guard right now behind Terry Rozier. He had a pretty big game Friday against Washington as well. So, I mean, in ultimate silver linings land, there's a lot of options especially as of the last maybe one or two games. But if we're going over the course of the last, let's say, month, I suppose, of the season, then I would probably have to go with Teo Maladon just because he's been consistent night in and night out. He's getting consistent minutes, and he's taking advantage of it. Again, because of that two-way deal, he can only play 50 total games. And again, that's something way much longer down the road that we're going to talk about probably at some point. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that in theory isn't really supposed to be making this kind of impact, and he is. Yeah, injuries have definitely opened up an avenue for him. And this is a talented guy. Look, Teo Maladon was a dark horse pick to be maybe rookie of the year when he was drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's 21 years old. He's very, very talented. And he's had a lot of time in the NBA. And he's getting more now and showing he knows what to do with it, playing some quality minutes and shooting a very good percentage. His counting stats are down compared to previous years. 
That's in large part because he was the starting point guard a lot for Oklahoma City prior to Josh Giddey's arrival. But this year, across the board, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free-throw percentage, they're all career marks for Teo Maladon. So I agree with you. Teo's a great pick for this one. My choice, I'm going to be a prisoner of the moment. I'm going to go with Bryce McGowan's. He has most recently gotten that additional run, and he just looks comfortable and seems to fit in well when he's out there offensively. That's not to say that you know he, he has been a world beater every single night. He hasn't been, but he, he's scoring somewhat consistently. He's scoring somewhat efficiently out there, shooting 45% from the field, roughly 50% from three, dipped a little bit after going 0 for 1 the other night. But I just like what we're seeing from him. I, I think Kai Jones deserves a lot of praise in that regard, too. And I don't want to ignore the numbers that JT Thor and Mark Williams have posted recently in the G League. Those dimensions of the court, they're the same. JT shooting so well from three in that last stint. That's great. And Mark Williams, you know, the the one position, knock on wood, the Hornets haven't seen any injuries is center. If they had, no doubt Mark Williams would be out there. And look, I'm anxious to see what he can do because he is cleaning things up in Greensboro, averaging 21 and 12 and shooting 61% from the floor. And again, they don't make the rim shorter because it's a G League game. So he's really performing very, very well out there for the Swarm. And I think that's going to translate in the not too distant future. But the big storyline all season long for the Hornets has clearly been injuries. The silver lining to them is young guys getting opportunities and impressing us with what they've done out there on the floor and no question about it, if they're called upon later in the season, hopefully when the Hornets are healthier, they will be better equipped to help the Hornets make a run, we hope, at the playoffs come season's end. Maybe step one towards that mark. I shouldn't say step one because the Hornets still have won three of their last five games. So it's not like the the bottom has fallen out of this thing because the Hornets lost one game to Milwaukee the other day, but another continued step in the right direction, hopefully tonight when the Hornets host the L.A. Clippers. Tip is at 7 at Spectrum Center. Tickets are available at Hornets.com. We'll give you our game preview when we return here on the Hornets Hivecast. Buzz City, it's time to bring the Hive alive once again. Individual tickets and season ticket plans for the 2022-2023 season are now on sale. Be here on Monday as Terry Rozier and the rest of your Hornets wrap up their three-game homestand against the Los Angeles Clippers. Tip time is scheduled for 7 p.m. Secure your seats now at Hornets.com or through the Hornets mobile app. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, a game day edition. Hornets getting set to take on the L.A. Clippers. Clippers are 13-11 and 11 on the season. You look at the standings so far, they're right around the middle of the pack right now in the Western Conference, uh, you know, right around that, that play-in versus clearly into the playoff portion. They've played a little bit more at home than road, but not overwhelmingly much. The big thing for any team that's on a coast is when do you have that cross-country trip? Uh, Each team is going to have, you know, couple of quick ones out to the middle of the country and back and Charlotte's had some of that so far same thing for the LA Clippers but this is the first time that they are really quote-unquote coming east this tips off a four-game road trip where the Clippers are going to visit the Hornets then Orlando then Miami and then the Washington Wizards and they're going to make a couple more of these type of sojourns over the course of the remainder of the campaign. So we need players to watch for both teams as well as a statistic to watch. One note here, Hornets have not beaten the Clippers in a very long time. They were swept last season. Uh, Neither one was particularly close for Buzz City. 
Let's tip things off here, Rob Longo. You get to pick which category first, and you'll pick first within it. I know we probably don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but real quick, they haven't beaten the Clippers since November 18th of 2017. Yeah, so, no. no, but here, the silver, no, no, no. Here's the silver lining, though. Nobody that played in that game is on either team's roster anymore. So, fresh start. That's the way I'm looking at it. I'll take it. All right. So, let's start with Clippers player to watch, and I'm going to go with Avita Zubots just because we don't know the status of Kawhi Leonard. We don't know the status of Paul George. Zubots is one of those guys that is a really, really dominant center, probably one of the more underrated centers in the entire NBA, I think. Last week against the Pacers, just put up a crazy stat line ended up going 31 points 14 to 17 from the field 29 rebounds 12 of those were on the offensive glass and he finished with three blocks as well he's the first player to put up 31 29 and three since any guesses three no two, idea one kareem abdul jabbar in wow. 1978 so uh, just an amazing stat line from Zubots. came back down to earth obviously in the loss to the kings on saturday where he ended up going for 13 points but he still had 15 rebounds so he's going to be a guy that's going to be tough to keep off the glass and again without the unknown status of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George he's going to be that consistent guy so I got to go with Avita Zubats. I'm a little mad you took my guy I, I had Avita Zubats circled in this one he has had big rebounding games and that's going to be a stat to watch certainly for me moving forward he was my pick so now I got to scramble that's here what and you find get for letting else. me go first I know I'm always too kind to let you go first and uh, you stole my guy here so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna take Marcus Morris and, and again the preface for this is we don't know for sure who's going to play for the Clippers. Is Kawhi Leonard going to be available? Is Paul George going to be available? And I think both of us are a little gun-shy at this point because both of us took Milwaukee Bucks that didn't end up playing in the last game. So Yeah, we were batting a 1,000 on that one, yeah, weren't we? Our apologies. I'll go with Marcus Morris. I think he's someone who is you know clearly an established veteran in the league, and he's someone who can be at times a barometer for how well they're going to play. They've had some games where he's had to step into a bigger shooting role, kind of like a little bit like maybe Kelly Uber has where the injuries push him up on the depth chart in terms of volume of shots he takes and he's done an admirable job in that regard. He's also someone with a lot of veteran savvy and uh, he's got a lot of fight in him is one way to put it. He can mix it up and I think he he can potentially be a problem head-to-head here against the Hornets. So I'll take Marcus Morris for this one. Looking back to last season, he didn't factor very much in one of the matchups because he didn't play, uh, but the one that he did play in against Buzz City, he had 16 points was the third leading scorer for the Clippers in a 115 to 90 victory inside of Spectrum Center. That was one where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard didn't play. Clearly Kawhi didn't play because he didn't play at all last season. But if the Hornets get into a circumstance where neither star plays for the Clippers. Marcus Morris is someone who can certainly uh, make some serious contributions and give the Hornets some issues. All right, let's see if you go two for two, stealing my thought. Stat to watch or Hornet to watch? Well, before that, full clarity, Marcus Morris was two for 11 from the field on Saturday's game with six points. So I'm just going to leave that out there because, hey, maybe he has a big bounce back game. And speaking of big bounce back games, I'm going to go with P.J. Washington as my Hornets player to watch because P.J. is not going to go 0 for 13 from the field again like he did on Saturday and again I preface this in the postgame show after the game that PJ did a lot of other things that made an impact on the game at the end of the day the 0 for 13 certainly is not great it's downright terrible obviously eight rebounds five assists he did have three blocks and he did have three steals so he did his job defensively and I felt like that was going to be the thing that he was going to have to do in that game Saturday primarily because I thought he was going to have to guard Giannis onto Kakupo. 
Giannis obviously did not play, so he had his hands full with some other guys. One of them, of course, was Brooke Lopez, who had a really good day shooting from beyond the arc. So PJ, I think, is another chance for him to kind of be an all-around, just bounce-back game. He doesn't have a lot of those games where he just goes ice cold and he has that elongated streak of not playing well, so I think he bounces back tonight against the Clippers. Good pick. I'm going to go with Nick Richards for this one. You look at this Clippers roster. They do have some size. Avica Zubats is really the only traditional center, though. they got a lot more guys that are able to stretch the floor, some good shooters when you really get into the depth of this team. But this is one where I think Nick Richards can have another double-double type performance, and they might need him to. The Clippers are a better-than-average rebounding team in general, and in particular on the offensive glass, tend to have a lot of success. So if they do, they can really put you in trouble. They've had four games this year where they've had more than 10 offensive rebounds. They have won three of those games. They've had nine games where they've had 10 or more offensive boards, and they've won the majority of those. So this is one where Charlotte needs to do their work on the offensive glass and try and keep the Clippers from really stretching things. Got to assume Avica Zubats is going to play primarily versus Mason Plumley, and that opens things up for Nick Richards, who as well as Mason has played in terms of rebounding so far this season, he is top 10 in offensive boards. He's top 20 in overall rebounds. Nick Richards in far less minutes, averaging close to seven rebounds per game, and if he had enough minutes to qualify, he would be top 10 or top 20, I should say, in offensive rebounds per contest. So Nick Richards going to be my player to watch. I don't often pick someone coming off the bench, but we'll go with Nick Richards for this one. Last but not least, statistic to watch. Well, I was going to go with offensive rebounding, but I the way that you set that up, I felt like that was your category, so I'm going to pivot. I'll be a gentleman about this. I'm going to take a look at assists. The Hornets had 15 assists in Saturday's loss against the Milwaukee Bucks. That is a season low, and I'm not saying that they need to go out and double that or anything like that, but the Hornets are 1-3 in three this year when they have 30 or more assists, which is a little bit bizarre because the season high was 32, and that was in that win against Golden State all the way back on October 29th. So I'm not saying they need to go out and have 30 assists or anything like that, but primarily the reason I'm looking at assists is because they need to move the ball. That's basically the bottom line. And I know that assists are tied into making shots, obviously, and that's another factor here for the Hornets. But if you're able to get those open looks, or if you're able to move the ball, those open looks will come, and then it comes down to you just trying to knock down those open shots Again, easier said than done, especially the way that the Hornets have shot the three ball here over the last couple of games. But at the end of the day, the ball just has to move. That's the bottom line. That's why I'm looking at assists. I am going to take free throws. Charlotte has had a rough year shooting the basketball. We all believe as they get healthier, those shooting percentages are going to rise. But one area where it has already started to rise is at the charity stripe. Hornets had a good shooting day from the free throw line against Milwaukee. They went 23 for 26. That's 88%. That's actually one of their best performances overall. I think it is actually the best performance overall percentage-wise for the team all season long. It was the 10th time they have made 20 or more free throws in a game. The record's just 6 and 4 in those, but it's something that they can build on. You know, whenever you're in a game that you're you're pulling away and the worst thing you can do is foul the opponent cuz you you allow them to score with the clock stopped and just give them the confidence of seeing the ball go through the basket. Hornets need as much confidence as they can get seeing the ball go through the basket. So, this is a team that has identified that the three-point shot has not been very friendly to them so far this season and they made a concerted effort to go into the paint and try and score there even in the 
the loss the other day to Milwaukee. Hornets outscored the Bucks in points in the paint, and getting in there and mixing it up gives you more opportunities to get to the foul line and get free points. And I think Charlotte has, has done a good job of that as of late. And this is one against L.A. where there's so many unknowns when it comes to who's going to be available for either side. One thing we do know, if Charlotte can get to the foul line and have some success there, they're going to give themselves an opportunity to win the game. And one other note on that regard, even though neither game was very close last season against the Clippers, overall, over the course of the two matchups, L.A. shot way better percentage-wise and made far more free throws than the Hornets did. So Charlotte changing that narrative in this one could be key tonight. We'll have all the action for you on the Hornets radio network. Of course, you can always tune in on Bally Sports Southeast. The great Eric Collins, Del Curry, and Ashley Shamity will have all the action for you there as well. Rob Longo, thanks as always. Hopefully we've got a winning edition of the Hornets Timecast for the fans tomorrow. Would certainly be nice. We'll talk to you on the broadcast later tonight. Looking forward to it. Thanks to Rob Longo. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.